Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture on this Good Friday. And as we head into the Easter weekend, we wish all of you a very uh, happy Easter, a, a safe holiday, and uh, glad you have joined us here today. Of course, a lot of buzz still today about yesterday's USDA numbers. We have the long holiday weekend for the markets to uh, kind of absorb everything. We'll review and get analysis uh, on those numbers coming up on Monday. But coming up today, we're going to be talking uh, trade with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. Pork, of course, one of those uh, products mentioned by China as a target for retaliation. We'll talk about that with Nick and the importance of NAFTA and other trade deals uh, for the U.S. pork industry. Also coming up today, former Secretary of Agriculture, former Nebraska Senator Mike Johans will be joining us, his thoughts on some of the issues of the day. And we'll also be talking with DTN reporter Todd Neely about some of the issues and stories he's covering uh, in our nation's capital as well. But we're going to start things off with uh, a visit with a good friend who has finally made his way to uh, Washington, D.C. to be part of uh, USDA. He's the new USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. Former Iowa uh, Ag Director Bill Northey joins us. Hi, Bill. How are you? I am great, Mike. I am, uh, as we always say in these situations, I'm drinking from a fire hose, but uh, I am <laughs> enjoying my time here and very, very glad to be here and and certainly did take my time getting here. Well, tell us, uh, are you kind of uh, overwhelmed at times with all that's going on? I mean, as you said, drinking from a fire hose, kind of, uh, how's it going getting your feet on the ground and get, getting going there? You know, it's great. Uh, certainly trying to... Um, understand the things you need to understand on just how the day-to-day activities work. You know, how do you work when when you get a call from uh, a senator or a congressman and, and need to respond to an issue, and what's the mechanics of that, and how do you, you know, where's the farm bill at, and, and where are we going on different activities to get out to the countryside? Certainly, the secretary wants us to be able to get out and talk to folks, and this this organization of these three agencies, so Farm Service Agency, uh, Natural Resources Conservation Agency and Risk Management Agency, and pulling them together. <clears throat> excuse me, taking uh, some some of the administrative functions uh, and putting them in a business unit so that these folks uh, can all do the uh, the work of working directly with farmers uh, as they need to. So, lots of pieces there. Uh, certainly, we've had several farm groups and others that have been able to get into the office and and have a conversation of the things that they're looking for and the things we need to be working on. So plenty of activities, but lots of good people here. Um, they seem to seem to be just fine with me finally showing up, uh, but I'm glad to be here and learning a lot from them and getting a chance to participate and do some things. But you're not going to be confined to the office. They're going to let you get out into the countryside and talk with people? Yeah, they are, absolutely. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, I actually will head out to Kansas City next week uh, for a CFTC meeting, um, and then uh, a few weeks after that down to Texas for uh, for a uh, cattlemen's conference down there, uh, and I'm sure we'll have some stuff probably in between and certainly right after. So still working on scheduling uh, some activities and looking forward to getting out and hearing from our folks in the countryside, some of the staff folks, but uh, certainly from farmers as well. 
You mentioned Farm Bill. How much input will you have into USDA's position and, and the guidance or input you're trying to give to uh, Congress? It's certainly, certainly some as it comes together. Obviously, Congress has made a lot of progress. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the timing is going to be there on a Farm Bill, but but uh, we hear rumors that, that uh, the House is such that they could come out with something fairly soon. In fact, um, maybe even had some deadlines where they thought they were going to be before now, so we'll see what happens here after Easter. Um, so, so our folks have been involved in kind of helping them as they put their priorities together. The, the secretaries worked at kind of uh, larger scale priorities in some of the listening sessions uh, that he's had. He put together a, a nice document talking about the themes here. So a risk management program that works for producers. Um, you know, locally led conservation, voluntary conservation that can uh, get real practices on the ground that work for producers as well. And some of those criteria, um, less about the specifics of, of how we need to adjust this program or that, more about working with the congressmen and senators as they pull their priorities together and then talk about what kind of impact that would need to uh, uh, or what kind of impact that would be, uh, and then how how things can be written so that they can get done what they want to get done. Yeah, we talked with the National Association of Conservation Districts yesterday, and uh, yeah, while certainly they need more money, they're just hoping not to uh, get cut. The, keeping the money they've had for funding would be a, a, a positive step because there's such a great need out there and limited dollars, Bill. There is, uh, and it is a tough time. Uh, as you look around, all of Washington's going through it, and our states are going through it, and frankly, on the farm, uh, folks are going through it. Um, when you have the prices where they're at right now, you got a lot of farmers that wish they they had some more dollars to be able to get some things done that they need to do on their farm. So we've all got to be very careful uh, with how we're spending our money, uh, and uh that's one of the challenges that Congress has. They're trying to sort through and figure out what their priorities are for the next farm bill. I believe there's a lot of support uh, for the conservation effort. There's a lot of support for crop insurance and probably an awful lot of other things that USDA does. So I don't know how they're going to sort through that, but uh, I expect uh, certainly strong continued funding, whatever Whatever that looks like on the conservation side, certainly the crop insurance side, um, I, I think they're, the programs that, that will come through this part of USDA, uh, crop insurance, um, the, the farm programs, PLC and ARC, uh, the, the conservation programs may have some adjustments, but for a large degree, people like these programs. They work. They've been refined over time. Uh, so, so there could be some readjustments, but I don't think wholesale changes generally. We'll see, and you'll be working with farmers on whatever that new farm bill entails. Have to ask you as we we wrap it up, Bill. Have you talked with Senator Cruz lately? You know, I haven't yet. I am going to head down to Texas, and and would love to be able to get a chance either here in town or down there. And uh, he's got some farmers that that went through a hurricane and and some dry weather. Now, actually, there's some storms gone through parts of texas as well so uh we're trying to make sure we're doing the right things for texas farmers just like everybody else um 
So I, I'm sure game to talk with uh, Senator Cruz or any other senator or uh, congressperson out there. And uh, um, But it's not happened yet, Mike. Okay. Uh, I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. <laughs> Bill, um, glad you're, you're finally there. I know you're going to do great work. We look forward to having you on here very often on uh, Adams on Agriculture, as we've talked before. Uh, uh, we'll hopefully talk many more times in the future. Best of luck to you. Happy Easter to you and your family. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking again. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bill Northey, the uh, new USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. Of course, Senator Cruz held up that confirmation of Bill Northey for some time over other issues. So that's why I asked him if he'd talked with Senator Cruz yet or not. All right. Coming up next, a former senator, Senator Mike Johans, former Ag Secretary Mike Johans, joining us next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the price comparison tool. The price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. 
And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, I've covered a lot of USDA Ag Secretaries, starting with Bob Berglund and the Carter administration and all of them since. Now, some you get to know better than others. Some you just kind of, you're around more than others in the course of coverage and travels and different events. Uh, But one uh, that I've talked with many, many times and have really enjoyed getting to know, uh, former Secretary, former Senator from Nebraska, Mike Johans. How are you, sir? You know, I couldn't be better, and uh, Mike, I can't tell you how excited I am to team up with you again on your new enterprise. So uh, sometime when we're not on the air, we'll have to talk about it more, uh, but we probably have some other topics we need to touch on today. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, are you called more uh, Senator or Mr. Secretary? When you have two titles like that, which one do you get referred to more? I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, and, you know, um, more often than not, it's just Mike, um, and that's good with me. So I've got I've got no uh, special feelings about a title. I, I probably get called Senator most because it's most recent, but I'm very comfortable with Mike. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad to call you Mike. And I always said this about you covering you as Ag Secretary because you had to make some uh, uh, tough announcements deliver some tough news to ag groups, things they didn't always want to hear. And I always said, you delivered bad news well. Kind of part of the job, isn't it? It is part of the job. You know, if you remember, I came in right in the heyday of the BSE issues, and uh, most of the borders were closed, and we were in a big trade battle with Canada over uh, U.S. beef. And so, yeah, you know, it, it is part of the job, and sometimes the news you have to deliver is not going to be good news. Uh, but I always found, Mike, if you're straight up with people and tell them where you're coming from, more often than not, they're going to cut you some slack. They may not like the news, but uh, they're going to give you a chance to work through it, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, Secretary Purdue is dealing with a little bit of that now. I mean, he's very personal. He's out there talking to people, has a good relationship uh, with producers. But he's had uh, he's had a couple of bumpy spots, uh, uh, kind of with the RFS reassuring farmers on that, and uh, of course now the trade issue with the tariffs and retaliation and those concerns. Uh, part of the job as well, Mike, as you well know. I mean, you're serving agriculture, but you're also working at the uh, you know. Uh, uh, for the boss, who's the president of the United States? Yeah, uh, that's just the that's just what you're dealing with, and uh, you've summed it up very, very nicely. Secretary Purdue is well respected. He's got great ag background. He's a very, very personal guy. You can't walk away uh, not liking the guy. He's just a really, really good guy. But these trade issues are really tough. Um, we all knew that when tariffs became part of our vocabulary and then they got focused on steel and aluminum that there was going to be retaliation and retaliation meant that something in the ag world was going to get hammered and so 
uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get a better trade situation, a more level playing field. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think you got to be really careful with tariffs because the retaliation is so immediate and it can do a lot of harm very, very quickly. Yeah, that is a slippery slope, and history tells us agriculture does not fare well in trade wars. Now, you know, agriculture is always going to be picked first. I, I don't care what country you're talking about, but, you know, when you think about China and the tremendous amount of agricultural products that we send to China or to Canada, uh, boy, getting in the middle of a trade war with those folks, that's you're now talking about our first and second market for ag products. Um, and uh, so a, a trade war there, you'll feel it in the ag sector very, very quickly. What is your perspective? Uh, you can kind of step back now and look at what's going on in Washington. We know there's uh, you know, controversy swirling around the White House seemingly all the time. And then these uh, trade issues and some other things that have uh, at least uh, – tested the patience of agriculture that has, by and large, been very supportive of this administration. I think for the most part still is. Uh, but what is your take on what's going on there now and this approach to issues by this administration? Well, there's some awfully dicey issues out there, and I agree with your assessment. I think uh, folks in agriculture, uh, myself included, for that matter, look at this administration and say, look, uh, they're listening to us. Uh, the president actually comes and talks to ag groups, and that's being received very, very positively. But, you know, if you just quickly tick down through the issues, you've got the RFS. Uh, boy, that's a very, very difficult issue, and uh, pleasing one group is going to anger another group. Um, uh, you know, the oil companies have never been a fan of uh, bio uh, biofuels. Uh, that's just the reality. So you change the RFS, and in all likelihood, you're going to do some real damage, especially through the Corn Belt and, and soybeans. Then you've got the Farm Bill, which, boy, uh, that one is, we've been down this road, Mike, a, a lot o over our history in agriculture, and this one isn't going to be easy, and as each day ticks by, uh, I get a little gloomier about whether they're going to get an ag a farm bill done this year. And if it's not done this year, then it's so easy to let that thing get just, you know, do a year renewal and that sort of thing. That just takes certainty out of agriculture. And then you've got these trade issues. So talk about hitting the trifecta and really dealing with some very, very tough issues that at the moment uh, doesn't look like there's any really good solutions. Um, Secretary Purdue, President Trump, they've, they're earning their paycheck these days. Uh, this is some pretty tough sledding. Talking with former Ag Secretary and former Nebraska Senator Mike Johans. Well, what's your take on Congress and the partisanship that uh, seems to get worse, not better, uh, in Congress? Well, it just makes it hard to get anything done. You know, farm bills have always been bipartisan. The last one was bipartisan, took took a while to get there, but at the end of the day, you've got to have Republicans and Democrats on board. You've got to have people in town, and you have to have people in the country supporting the Farm Bill. But you toss in this endless partisanship, and 
it just makes it very, very difficult to build that coalition because one side doesn't want to give the other side a victory, and you know the drill. It just goes on and on. But mark my words, Mike, you can't get a farm bill unless you reach across the aisle and figure out how to solve issues like SNAP, which I think is the big issue for this farm bill. I think if you solve that issue, you get a farm bill. And, you know, it's just this constant arm wrestling that goes on, and and you just got to work your way through that. And I just don't think you can get a farm bill done unless you can get both sides of the aisle giving it a thumbs up. If you think you can pass a farm bill in today's world with just one party, your vote counting is not very good. That's I would say right. you've got to get both sides to agree to this. Yeah, we've seen that partisan politics that's uh, infected the rest of Congress finally get its way, unfortunately, into the Ag Committee. Is, and uh, kind of they were immune to that for much for a long time, but we're seeing more of it there now, too. And now we have this impasse in the House side. Hey, real quick before I let you go, Mike, tell us what you're doing now. It's still, uh, still involved with agriculture. You know, 100% of what I do these days really involves agriculture, everything from the John Deere board to Something I'm very, very excited about, I'm working with a company in Houston called Alliant Group, and we just help agriculture focus in on getting the full benefit of the research and development tax credit. So I've worked with folks in the dairy industry, I've worked with meat processors, I've worked with uh, farmers and feed mills and co-ops, and uh, without fail, we are able to help them out financially with research and development tax credits. So aliongroup.com is where you can reach me, and I think I can do folks in agriculture a lot of good, and that gets me excited. A lot of times there's assistance available that people are not aware of. Well, this is one that just didn't get up on the radar screen for agriculture. I don't think anybody was really talking about it, and now I'm actually going to annual meetings for ag groups and this and that and once i tell people what qualifies they go oh my goodness i'm doing those things and and they're right and you know the nice thing about this we can amend returns three years back and so it's a real benefit for folks so if you're out there you're a co-op you're a meat processor you're uh, somebody who just is reworking the uh, the farm uh, uh, buildings or processes by which you mix fertilizers or, or grain or whatever, I think we can do you a lot of good. Well, we'll have you back on again in the future, and we'll talk more about some of those uh, opportunities available out there, okay? Mike, you just call me anytime. It'd be an honor to be back on your program. Take care, Mike. Have a happy Easter. Okay, you too. Former Ag Secretary, former Nebraska Senator, Mike Johans joining us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty, 
and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Grain and oil seed sector sharply higher on Thursday, sharply lower in livestock at the Merck, at least as far as cattle are concerned. Markets course closed today for Good Friday. According to USDA, farmers are on track to plant more soybeans than corn for the first time in 35 years, even as some traders fear the crop could become a casualty of trade tensions between Washington and Beijing. There are more soybeans than ever in the U.S. right now and more on the way. Quarterly soybean stocks swelling to a record 2.11 billion bushels in yesterday's report, up a whopping 21% from March of 2017. USDA estimating farmers will likely plant 89 million acres of soybeans this year, corn trailing behind at 88 million acres, both acreage estimates for corn and beans below last year's numbers, down 2% for corn, down 1% for soybeans. We gained ground on Thursday's session. May soybeans up 26 and three quarters at 1044 and three quarters. New crop November up 31 and a quarter, 1047 and three quarters of a cent. For the week, May soybeans up 16 cents. November up 21 and a quarter. In corn, the May contract up 14 and a quarter, 387 and three quarters. December up 14 and a half at 411 and a half. We were 10 to 12 higher in corn for the week. Minneapolis Wheats, May contract down 11, 578 and a half. That was down 24 cents for the week. Nickel in a fraction to six and a fraction higher yesterday in Chicago and Kansas City Wheat. Live cattle futures, April down $2.25 at 113.75. Feeder cattle, April down four and a half dollars. The limit at 133.32. Lean hogs, April contract up 32 at 57.25. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you antonio h told us great company got me connected and the day i went in i drove off in the car i wanted 100 percent worth your time Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Glad to have with us Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mike. 
I know you are busy. There's so much going on, and uh, I thought of you immediately when the whole tariff situation came down and talk of retaliation from China and, of course, pork uh, on that list. What is the? What can you tell us about that situation now? What are you hearing on it? Well, we've certainly been working overtime on behalf of our producers, um, both to keep existing markets open and to get new markets open. Specifically with respect to China, um, it's not clear that anything's going to happen. The two countries are in negotiations, and obviously we're hoping for, we're working toward um, preserving the ability to ship to China with no additional tariffs. Um, I'd ask producers to keep in mind, not that long ago, we thought that we were going to have a blow-up in Korea. It was, uh, you know, last Labor Day weekend, and there were a lot of ominous clouds around um, Korean trade, which isn't quite as big for the pork industry as China, but it's a big, important market. And um, the negotiations with Korea have been successful. Um, We and other ag uh, products aren't going to have our our exports disrupted. So um, we'll see how this plays out in China, but certainly producers um, should understand that we're working very closely um, with the administration and we're doing our utmost to keep not just the China market open, but other markets open and to get into markets which are close to us. Is the Korean trade deal now (laughs) what we hope will be an example of how this administration can go in and make changes to an existing deal without doing harm to agriculture? certainly hope so. And, um, you know, kind of the rallying cry among the ag groups and and really the, you know, the entire um, export-oriented pro-trade um, community in the U.S., which obviously is very big, has been do no harm. And, um, you know, that, that's what happened in the, in the Korean negotiations. So I think, um, you know, look, I, I, we understand. We hear from producers; they're very concerned. I mean, this is trade is extremely important to their bottom line. So we we get it, and um, it, it, it's. But I, at the same time, all of us need to take a deep breath because um, China, NAFTA, these things may all work out. So we need to keep working hard to make sure that happens. Um, but you know, we need to understand that we have not yet had a market disruption, and hopefully we don't have one. We're talking with Nick Giordano, Vice President and Counsel, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, I haven't talked with you in a few weeks about NAFTA. I know early on you were very concerned. Where are you now based on the the talks that have gone on, and uh, what are your thoughts on how this might play out? Well, producers have to be concerned because they've got a lot of skin in the game here. We're dependent on exports. The NAFTA markets are very big export markets for us. Having said that, um, we take solace in the fact that it looks like there's going to be a very happy ending to the Korea deal, and we want very much for that to happen in the NAFTA. In fact, you know, we may get our cake and eat it, too. Not only um, do we hope we preserve our... uh, existing ability to ship, um, you know, without tariffs into Mexico and Canada, 
but you know, if we get the new SPS chapter, which it looks like we will, we get a final deal, we'll actually come out ahead. So, um, you know, still we're not there yet, and it is a big deal, but um, we're we're working for the best possible outcome, and we hope that um, the NAFTA negotiations go the way that the Korean negotiations have gone. It looks like it's going to be, though, tough to get it done this year, given the calendar and the schedule and things like that. What are you seeing as a timeline on how this is playing out for NAFTA? Well, the administration um, is very eager to get a deal done soon, uh, ahead of the Mexican election, and um, ideally so that the current Congress can vote on it. You know, it remains, remains to be seen whether or not that can happen. I think, you know, the important thing is is to get a good deal. And for the pork industry, that means um, having the ability to continue to ship without tariffs into Mexico and Canada. And, you know, ideally to have an SPS chapter and other things in the deal or even come out ahead. So, um, you know, a lot of work still to be done. Um, we're very happy now that finally um, Greg Dowd has been, um, you know, through sworn in, and he's now Ambassador Dowd, and, um, you know, he's at the right hand of Ambassador Lighthizer. That's big for U.S. agriculture, and, you know, when you, you look at Greg and then the team over at USDA, I think we've got a lot of good people who are looking out for us, and, you know, hopefully um, we get an outcome in the NAFTA um, like we got in Korea for, for pork and for other ag products. Nick, what are you hearing about uh, what's being done, maybe behind the scenes or whatever, or the, at least the chances of us getting some kind of a, a trade agreement done with Japan? Boy, that would be great. And that is the number one priority of the U.S. pork industry in terms of who do we want to negotiate with. Um, you might remember, Mike, that when the president was in Davos back, I think it was in late January or February, um, he talked potentially about TPP. That would be our first choice, but um, if that doesn't work out, um, the next best thing would be an FTA with Japan. When you look at the deal that the EU has closed with Japan, it's you know a TPP-type deal that probably will begin to be implemented next year, uh, 2019. And um, that's, you know, that, that's an issue for us and, and um, for others in ag and others, you know, other sectors that export to Japan. So, we, yeah, we'd really like either the U.S. back in TPP or uh, if not, you know, in terms of doing bilateral, Japan would be number one on our list. And then, you know, other uh, countries in the Asia Pacific simply because it's the fastest growing economic region in the world. So, you know, Vietnam. The Philippines, who who was not a party to uh, TPP, but who I think would be um, interested in a bilateral with the U.S. Um, you know, again, Thailand wasn't part of TPP, but all of those many countries in that part of the world, and uh, we're also interested in the U.K. As long as as long as that deal looks like our other FDAs for ag, and you know, we're not just talking about tariffs, or you know, we're talking. Um, about non-tariff barriers and, um, 
you know, sign, you know, we want sign, we want to sign a based agreement. So um, we'd be very interested in the UK, and for that matter, there's still talk about the TTIP. And um, you know, we we would expect this administration, if if we start negotiating again with the EU, that they would demand that um, you know that that in order for the EU to have a deal for us, they got to open up to ag, and that means not just cutting tariffs. That means getting rid of this non-science based nonsense in the European Union and quit behaving like protectionists and, you know, grow up and accept science-based, commercially reasonable trade, we would be in support of that as well. You know what I hear you say when you describe all that, not to not to uh, downplay the importance of NAFTA, which is still very, very important, but there are so many potential deals out there that if this administration can strike them and, and get good agreements, uh, I think we are our outlook on the the trade policies of this administration, where we're going, would uh, would be a lot uh, would be greatly improved. Well, you're absolutely right, Mike. And you know, change is always difficult. So this administration has a, a very different approach. And look, I'm you know, I don't I don't hear many people complaining about on the regulatory front. <laughs> you know, and and we're probably not giving this administration enough credit. They've been phenomenal. Uh, on, you know, science-based, commercially reasonable regulation. And that, that makes us more competitive and more able long-term to, um, to sell into these markets. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't blame anybody. And, I, you know, me personally, I've been very nervous about when, when you look at the, port, at the pork industry, I mean, our top markets are the NAFTA markets in China and Korea. So yeah, there's been there's been trepidation and even fear. But having said that, look, Korea turned out well, and there's a potential here, um, you know, for really carrying the big stick on trade. You know, there's there's a potential to really um, open some new markets and to realize very significant gains. So. Um, yeah, we continue to be concerned about trade with China, trade with the NAFTA, but we're going to continue to work closely with this administration, members of Congress, to get the best possible result for our producers. And that means not just keeping trade open to existing markets, but getting new markets open as well. Right. There are some uh, trade gains certainly to be made out there, and hopefully we'll see those uh, uh, come to fruition. Well, as always, Nick, good to talk with you. Have a happy Easter. Same to you, Mike. Thank you. Take care. Nick Giordano, Vice President and Counsel, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, DTN reporter Todd Neely. He's been spending a lot of time at USDA covering a lot of issues like the RFS. Uh, We're going to kind of get him to open his notebook a little bit and uh, get his uh, thoughts, what he's hearing and seeing on some of these uh, key stories that he's covering in agriculture. So stay with us on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
All right, guys. We're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no. We'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait. A family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the price comparison tool. The price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126. Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. 
Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. A lot of these issues we talk about here on Adams on Agriculture um, are so very much in the news being covered by a lot of people. I always like to get the perspectives of different uh, journalists that are on the ag beat, one of those being Todd Neely with DTN. You follow him uh, on Twitter, at Todd Neely DTN, and he joins us now. Todd, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? Good. I know you've spending, been spending some time at USDA. Some interesting numbers yesterday from USDA. Yeah, boy, it was a very interesting day. Um, I think, you know, there's never a, you know, you never know what to expect out of USDA, but yesterday was somewhat surprising. Yeah, uh, we st- so much focus was on that acres number and, uh, you know, whether there would be more soybean acres planted than corn. And it right. looks like, uh, you know, that, that soybean number is a little higher. But the story, the takeaway from yesterday was, both acres numbers, corn and soybeans, below what was uh, projected. Absolutely, and you know it's interesting because the way the the way the market responded, uh, it basically overlooked the fact that uh, our stocks on both soybeans and corn are, are extremely high. Um, so you never know. I mean, I think uh, in some ways, I think the market's really looking for some good news, and maybe that's what they saw in those numbers. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting uh, to see how the yeah. markets react next week uh, after the uh, after the holiday break. Yeah, I know you've been covering the RFS uh, story uh, very closely. Um, you know, we're hearing uh, uh, the president's being advised put this back in the lap of Congress, which is really where it's supposed to be anyway. Uh, sure. I would think I would think if you're in the renewable fuels industry and protect and protective of the RFS. Uh, that would be good news because by the time Congress would do anything, it's probably going to take us to 2022 anyway when the RFS runs out. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, and there's a, there's a number of pieces of legislation that, uh, that both sides of, of Congress have been uh, talking about, introducing, you know, negotiating behind the scenes and those sorts of things. But um, in the end, I think, uh, you know, whether anything that made it to the president's desk would actually be signed on this. Um, I think it's a very tentative slope for the president because, obviously, um, you know, he got much of his support from, um, from the Corn Belt. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, you know, there's some potential there for, uh, for ethanol to see some real benefits and some sort of reform. 
but exactly what that reform looks like is really, um, really tough to say. Hey, we've had Bob Deneen on and others in the ethanol industry. They're not happy with uh, yeah. EPA Administrator Pruitt. In fact, just looking at something here from Jeff Cooper, Executive Vice President of the Renewable Fuels Association, he writes that recent actions by EPA have effectively reduced the uh, RFS uh, renewable volume obligation for 2016 by more than a billion gallons, as a billion with a B gallons, and they right. appear ready to take similar actions to uh, reduce the uh, 2017 and 2018 RVOs by comparable amounts. Uh, uh, they feel strongly that this EPA is hurting yeah. the demand for ethanol and for corn. You know, it's interesting because if you look at a lot of the economists who study this issue, um, the one thing that seems to be constant is that regardless of what happens to the RFS, there's going to be an E10 demand. Um, now, you know, the oil industry would like to knock that down to about 9.7%, but I think, um, you know, going forward, the, I think that the aspect of the RFS that's really concerning is, is all these companies who have developed advanced technologies. Um, you know, we've got the poets of the world who have put, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into new technologies uh, kind of sitting there waiting for a market. And so I think, uh, you know, when you start talking about reforming the RFS, I think if, if corn ethanol is in some way is affected, uh, you would hope that on the other side of the ledger that, you know, perhaps we'll have a an RFS that's a bit more aggressive on, the, you know, the advanced side. You know, right now it's, it's interesting to see how this is playing out with E15. Will there be a waiver granted to allow E15 sales year-round? But if so... Can you get that without having to give up something else? Right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the holdup is. You know, we hear from Pruitt that um, he's, he's looking over the legal aspects of it. Uh, but if you look at and you compare between E10 and E15, uh, you know, first of all, the EPA approved it in, in vehicles 2001 and newer uh, a number of years ago. And so it's, uh, it's kind of cleared that hurdle already. Um, I think even if we were allowed to allow year-round sales of E15, we're still talking about um, a market that needs to be developed to some some degree. You know, there's a lot of infrastructure questions, and uh, there's a lot of other things that will have to play out in order for E15 to really become a nationally used fuel. And so um, while e is kind of floated as a silver bullet, you know, to all of this, I think, uh, you know, even even if EPA decided to allow the year-round sales, there's still some, some work to do among the industry. It's that chicken and egg thing, you know. Yeah. Do you? You know, on the infrastructure and the uh, availability, and which comes first. So, uh, but right. we are seeing more more improvements in infrastructure and E15 available more more places. But hopefully, we can get more growth there. Hey, real quick, we've been covering this farm bill yeah. story a lot uh, this week. Uh, boy, the, that House Ag Committee uh, partisan uh, politics have finally crept into the farm bill debate big time on the Ag Committee. Right? We we know it's in, <laughs> in Congress in general, but now it's in the Ag Committee. Yeah, I mean, you sort of expect that from the House, but, uh, you know, the good I think the good news in the Senate, you know, they're kind of, uh, in some ways, they're kind of agnostic on this. You know, they look at they look at the Farm Bill as so important that they kind of tend to put aside a lot of the partisan issues. Uh, but, you know, as, as you said, in the House, I mean, there, it's one thing after another that's entirely partisan. Um, it's just interesting, though, because years gone by, we've seen... Um, for the most part, both sides of, of Congress have, have looked at this in a very nonpartisan way, and uh, it's really unfortunate because, you know, we face such a such a real challenge in ag right now, and um, if anything, policy certainty would definitely, you know, put a lot of people at ease. 
it seems like the only thing certain is uncertainty right now <laughs> coming out of Washington, right? Absolutely, yep. All right, Todd, thank you very much. Uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you. I'd like to get your perspective on these stories yeah. that, uh, that you were following and covering, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again real soon, okay? Appreciate it very much. Thanks. Take care. DTN reporter Todd Neely. And, um, yeah, we like to check in with other journalists out on the beat covering these stories, checking with their sources, what they're hearing, what they're seeing on, on these issues. Well, that's going to wrap it up today. Thanks to Bill Northey and Mike Johans, Nick Giordano, and Todd Neely. And thanks, of course, to you for joining us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture, on this Good Friday. We head into the uh, Easter weekend. Hope you have a very good one, a very safe one. Easter is the great reminder that God loves us and forgives us. And no matter how big our challenge is in life, God is bigger than those challenges. And he'll see us through if we believe and trust in him. Have a very happy and blessed Easter, everyone. Join us again on Monday for AOA, Adams on Agriculture.